Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2017. This is Trish talking about Step 11. Good afternoon. Trish Alcoholic and Sober Today. Incredibly nervous, but we'll get there. So, hi. Um, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious God as we, our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And I went, how the hell am I going to do that? I just didn't know where to start. And I had to work out that there were many paths to spiritual enlightenment. Each of us have our own journey to take and there's not one fix for all of us. Um, because I thought if I could just find the road, I'd be right. So for me, prayer and meditation are the building blocks for all of the steps. And this had to be an action step. It required something of me and I had to do something. I couldn't just sit there and read all of the books. So basically, I'm a selfish person and I knew that for emotional sobriety, I had to get this and I had to get it fast. And the reason I had to get this program fast is that, you know, we're told jail, um, death or insanity and I was going insane and I knew it and it scared the bejeebas out of me. You know, I was hearing voices. I was seeing flashes of light, which I thought were angels. (laughs) I had paranoid delusions that, you know, there was something in the light fitting that was filming me so I wouldn't have a shower and I wouldn't get dressed and I wouldn't eat. You know, that's the insanity of my brain. And I had to do something about that. You know, I, I knew I had to get spiritually fit. So for me, it was self-preservation. Um, we've already heard it, um, desperation, the gift of desperation. That was it for me. Um, so I had to find a God concept that worked for me to improve my conscious contact with God. But I couldn't do that. Because I had to work out who God was. And for me, I was, had to go back to my step two because I grew up in a devoutly religious home. Devoutly religious. I, had to t- I was told how I should pray. I was told when I should pray. I was dragged through church, dragged through Sunday school. And all I felt was condemnation from the church, you know. And it just didn't work for me. I had to... I had to find something that worked for me and that, that didn't at all. So I walked away from the church and I went, you know, I was defiant, I was angry, I blamed God every bad decision, every bad situation. I blamed him. I, I didn't want anything to do with any of it. And here I was at step 11 having to do something for it. And I like the speaker tapes too. Joe and Charlie talks about, you know, I was as clean as a driven snow. It wasn't my fault. I had to work out what I did. In step um, two on page 28 of the Steps and Traditions, it talks about the bewildered one, the one who had had faith but lost it. And that was me. So I went, okay, I need to separate my notion of what I thought of what God was and, and the church and contrast that. And, and organise religion and contrast that with what I wanted God to be. And I went, well, I don't know how to do that. I needed to work out who I was in God, okay? I need to get clear on the concept of a God consciousness. And that was already within me. I just had to work out how to tap into it. 
I just had to work out what to do. I had to realise that the concept of God was not external to me. It wasn't what the church taught me. It wasn't what I grew up in. So, you know, I had to get over the me because I was the centre of attention. I always am. I'm the centre of attention. I needed to change my focus, if you like, and I needed to not only accept that there was a God who cared about me, but I had to believe that that God, that God concept was represented by love and light and not condemnation. Okay? And I need to focus on what was right in God and not was wrong, what was wrong in me. So I had to flip it around. I had to flip it around to survive. So how did I do that? Well, I Googled. Everyone knows Google. Google has all the answers, right? So I Googled. I went, yep, I can do this. So I found a page and it talked about doing an exercise where you got a bit of paper and you drew a line down the centre of it. And on one side of the page, you write down everything that you would like God to be. Everything. So I put down that I wanted him to be a friend. I wanted him to listen to me. I wanted to be compassionate. I wanted to have good people around me. I wrote everything that I could think of that a good God would be. That's what I wrote down on one side of the page. Pollyanna, okay, <laughs> completely Pollyanna, but that's what I did. And then on the other side of the page, I wrote down everything that I had been told by the church that God was. I put down everything that my religious training had taught me because I'd been through theological college as well. I put that down on the other side of the page. Then it said you cut the page in half. So I went, yeah, can do that. Cut the page in half. You keep the side that says what you would like God to be like. And in true style of Trish, as as people will know me well, I burnt the other side because if you're going to do it, you do it right. Okay, so I burnt it and I went, that's gone. Did that help? Yes. But what helped better was, and I'm a bit of a crafty person too, I took a 12 by 12 sheet of card and I wrote everything on that that was on my little bit of paper and I blue tacked to that to my wall and I put it in the back of my closet so nobody would see it (laughs) and that's who I prayed to because I discovered that I had always talked to God always my whole life I'd talked to God but I called them arrow prayers for help and they were my help prayers they were get me out of this mess I promise I'll never they were my help prayers, my arrow prayers. And I had to work out that it wasn't just about help get me out of this mess. There was more to this. And it wasn't what theological college told me. It wasn't what the church told me. I had to, I had to work out my own way of praying. Now, I don't do rote prayers. I don't do apostles' creeds. I don't do the prayer of St Francis Assisi, although it's very good and it's in the 12 and 12. I don't do it. Because I'd grown up with that and that didn't work for me. I had to find something that worked for me, that I could, that I could do and it, and it would actually work. And, and I started talking to God, but I talked a lot, as I do. Um, but there was no filter whatsoever. It was, you know, verbal diarrhoea. It was full on. And I was talking at God. I wanted to just tell him everything. It was a one-sided conversation. It was short and it was brief and it was, this is what I want. But it was a learning process because I had to start somewhere and I could only start where I was at. 
So then I found out that I had to begin by intentionally setting aside time with God and I needed to put it into my schedule or it simply wouldn't happen. Now, I'm not a morning person. I don't pray in the morning. I don't get down on my knees in the morning. That's just not the way I roll. I'm an afternoon person. (laughs) So I had to spend time with God at night, you know. I had to talk about the day, my day I'd had, what was going on, where I was at and how I was going to do it. And I started complaining to my sponsor and I started going, it's not working. This is not working. You know, how do I make this work? And uh, she shared with me uh, the link between prayer and gratitude. And I went, oh, why didn't I think of that? It actually, it actually coincides. It actually works hand in hand. So prayer and gratitude for me and everything changed. My prayers became discussing and looking for God, asking for God's direction, not telling him what my day was like, but actually spending time being intentional. So that brought me to the part which talks about praying only for the knowledge of his will for us. Again, I had to get me out of the equation because I would block it all the time. You know, I bought books and complicated things And I can complicate anything. I can really complicate anything. Um, I I tried mindfulness training, but none of them helped. I tried being (laughs) zen-like, and that didn't didn't work either. So I had to be consistent with both my prayer and my gratitude to change my mindset. Because it had to start in my mind. If I wanted to be emotionally sane, I had to work on my brain. So I had to do something. Again, it was about action for me. It was about doing. So my attitude adjusted and there was less me in all this stuff. But it took time, guys. I wanted it straight away. And I remember saying to my sponsor, I want it straight away. And she said, Trish, you took 15 years to get sick. You're not going to get well in 15 minutes. Give yourself the time you need. So that's what I ended up doing. So then came meditation. Prayer for me was talking to God and asking for direction and meditation is listening to God and they go hand in hand for me. I have to do them both. It had to be simple. I couldn't compli- I was good at complicating anything, but it had to be simple for me. I simply couldn't clear my mind of all of my thoughts. It was impossible. I tried. I'd feel such a failure. I'd feel like I wasn't, wor- wasn't working. Then I'd throw up my hands and go, you know, I, it just doesn't work. And I'd say to God, this isn't working. Fix it. <laughs> you know, help me fix it. Um, and as we've heard, coincidences, you know. It's coincidences. God brought a lady that came into my path and she taught me two things. The first one was that trying to clear my mind was going to be impossible. So just accept the fact. It was just going to be impossible. But the point was not to follow the thought down the road. So have my brain go, yes, I've got a bill I need to pay, but not go, how much money is in the account? When does it have to be paid? Am I going to be able to pay it? But go, yeah, yeah, I've got a bill there, and let it go. And don't follow it down the track. I had to acknowledge that. Plus, I had to not beat myself around the head that I had gotten distracted because I was really good at that whole self-flagellation thing too. Second thing she told me was I had to get, for me, I had to get a mantra. So mantra is a word that you use to assist in prayer and meditation. And mine was Maranatha, which is called Come Lord. But 
I know people that use namaste, which is peace. I know people that have done Buddhism and Hinduism and all sorts of spiritual training, and it doesn't matter what word you use. It's connecting to your high power of your understanding. It doesn't have to be mine or anybody else's. So I had to focus on the word that was in my mouth, not what I was saying, but the vibrational force that I was feeling and how it was reacting within me. And a little bit like the tingling we heard earlier, that happens when I pray as well. So I needed to make sure that I agreed with what I was praying. And it wasn't just mindless words that made no sense to me at all. It had to make sense. I knew that if I was praying intentionally, because I had to take time out to pray intentionally, I'll be naturally improving my conscious contact with God as I understood him. But it was slow progress. You know, it was really slow. I knew that if I was now praying with God's will for me, that he would give me the power to carry that out. Did I have to work out how I would have that power? No. No. It it all just unfolded. It's like a a lotus leaf. It, It all just naturally unfolded. But I had to get out of the way. Was progress slow? Yes. (laughs) Is it still slow? Yes. Um, But at least it's progress. Progress, not perfection. I'm, I'm getting there, but it just takes time. So, you know, I would... I knew that as I was praying more, it became more intuitive and I began to feel my spirit pulled me in different direction as I was praying. Sometimes it was about things that had happened at work. Sometimes it was about things I heard on the news. But it was always about external and not internal. That shift had happened slowly. And when I'm becoming unwell, I know that that shift doesn't happen. I'm back in me. It's about me and my problems and them, those and they and everything that had happened to me. I have to keep bringing myself back. But the problem with me is that I want more. I have a more issue. I want more quietness in my mind. I want more connection with God. I want more clarity to situations I'm facing. I just want more, more of everything. And it's always been the same and it will always be the same because that's just, you know, that's just the way I am. So I've got a little question for you. Are you trusting God to lead you and guide you? today it's important to think about that sort of stuff I want to share with you a little thing it's called the hub and the rock and I'm going to read it and it's come stillness be my friend with Gerald Stone it's not AA but I think it helped me with my meditation and hopefully it'll give you a little bit of something so it talks about the wheel and the invention of the wheel spelt the beginning of an exciting new chapter in the history of mankind The wheel is so today so commonplace that we assume it has always been there and it was created alongside with man and woman. But before the wheel, before life, before that, the life was very different than life after the wheel. So the wheel is dependent upon a hub. The middle of the wheel is a hub to hold together all of its parts and set it in motion. While the hub is at the centre of activity, it is also the quiet part the part that is absolutely still. It is in the stillness that it creates emotion and activity and the hub makes the wheel wheel move forward 
as well as ensuring it remains grounded. Without a hub, there is no movement, no activity and no progress. And if the hub is not still, then the wheel cannot move forward. So for me to find my centre, I had to be in touch with the centre of my quest and the centre of my journey. And the wheel hub, the hub for me is God. And I'm moving, but he's at my centre. He's the quietness that is at my centre. And if I'm not centred, I know I lose my balance. You know, I know I, know I can get distracted at the drop of a hat. Um, and if the world, if my world is not centred, it loses balance. And if it loses balance, I lose my way. And how do I lose my way? I stop going to meetings. I stop praying. I stop doing, doing my 11 step stuff at night and in the morning. And I stop connecting with my higher power. And before it is, my insanity comes back. It hasn't gone away, guys. It's still there. I just have to maintain my spiritual fitness, so I have to do something about it to keep it in check. It's not going to... It doesn't just magically fit, you know? It just doesn't fix. So we need to enter into a centre where everything falls into place, where our lives move ahead and we're grounded. And for me, step 11 was about being grounded, to have meaning and direction and purpose and knowing what I was doing and where I was going and to leave the peripheral life, the peripheral stuff, the bills that I have to pay. Don't worry about any of that stuff because that stuff will eventually work itself out anyway as long as you're connecting with God, you know. Great, gone is my unbalanced view of life. A loss of my equilibrium occurred and the loss of my equilibrium causes my world to tumble down around me. And it can, and it has. And I remember a lady once, I was a little bit sober. I thought I had it all, you know. I was, um, I was in a, a group, I was, I was doing treasury work and I was setting up the chairs and I was opening up, as you do, you've got to do it all. And, um, and she said to me, Trish, you sounded great tonight, but gosh, you were nuts a few days ago. And I went, oh, I thought I had it all together. I didn't. I just thought I did. And it's, it's through AA and through all of you guys and connecting with my sponsor that reminds me that I am this far away from insanity if I don't connect myself daily to my step 11 and to God. And I'll quickly finish with, if any of you guys haven't got this, grab it. It's a step 11 review for today when I retire at night and it's upon awakening and it's straight out of the AA big book, 86 to 88. If you haven't got one of these, grab it. It's been my saviour <laughs> on many, many occasions. So thank you so much for having me. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.